well, um, welcome to this um, first podcast um, from Anna Mayhew and Marina DeMarco. I'm going to introduce us uh, in a minute. This is a short podcast to talk about the specific condition of Christmas. And um, during this conversation, we'll explain a little bit about what on earth we're talking about um, and, and we'll go from there. So first of all, let me introduce myself. So I'm Anna Mayhew. I'm a consultant research physiotherapist at the John Walton Muscular Dystrophy Research Centre in Newcastle. And I'm responsible also for a website that's based in the UK for educating and upskilling physiotherapists in the country um, around neuromuscular disorders. Um, but I'm also, before I witter on anymore, I'm just going to ask uh, Marina, who's on the other end of this call, uh, to introduce herself. Hi, I am Marina DeMarco and I am a neuromuscular physiotherapist. I work with children and adults and I am based in Glasgow in Scotland and I cover the west of Scotland, so it's a, it's a big area. I've been working in the field of neuromuscular conditions for 30 years, so quite a long time, Anna. And I'm absolutely delighted to be here today, especially as this is our very first podcast. So thank you so much for setting this up and for asking me to come along. Well, it's lovely to have you, Marina. And uh, one of these days we'll get together in person when we have to, we can stop doing all of these um, Zoom calls, if you like. Um, but I think one of the reasons we, we thought this might be a good idea was because you'd actually put together a leaflet about this um, particular condition that's found in neuromuscular disorders. Um, so we will, at the end of this podcast, make sure that we give you details of where you can find that information leaflet. But let's first of all uh, introduce the subject. So Trismus is the posh word for jaw tightness. Uh, so Marina, can I ask you, in which conditions do we sometimes see this? So it's um, more common in conditions like spinal muscular atrophy or congenital muscular dystrophy. We sometimes see it in our Duchenne muscular dystrophy population too, but it tends to be more in um, young adults and older adults as they get older, um, as the, the disease progresses. So it tends to be more common in um, people who are really, you know, using their, their wheelchair full time. So we don't okay. tend to see it in those young people who are walking about or um, have, um, who are less affected it does tend to um, affect the, the kind of older population. Yeah, yeah. No, that's my experience as, as well, Marina, because I see children and adults as well. And it's it usually tends to be the adult population, I think. Um, but, you know, we always need to keep our eyes and ears open for, for these things. So how would um, an individual know that they had jaw tightness? What might be those early signs that they might see? So it's, um, it's interesting because you would think initially that most people would know when their jaw is getting tighter. But it's not always the case until actually people will come to me and they'll say, you know, I used to be able to open my mouth really wide when I was yawning, or um, I'm now finding it more difficult to brush my teeth. And in some cases, um, young people have come to me and said, I was at the dentist. And, you know, not everybody goes to the dentist every six months. And um, when, when it becomes more challenging to get in and out the dentist, it may only be when you have an issue. So going to the dentist, the dentist will sometimes say, 
is that is why you know you, you can get your mouth open yeah and that's yeah. when again people will realize that they actually couldn't get their mouth open as much as they used to be able to open it yeah, that, I think that's uh, absolutely true. I had um, a, a, another young man who came to me and he said, you know, one of the reasons he'd noticed he couldn't open his mouth wide enough is because he couldn't fit a burger in when he was out with his mates. Uh, and that was really frustrating for him because, you know, that was part of the experience was, you know, going out for a bit of a burger and having a bit of bit of talk and jazz. And he just realized that he didn't have that capacity uh, to open his, his mouth um, wide enough. So there may be a different, you know, several different ways that it presents. I mean, I, I would in, in at high risk um, uh, individuals, I might just ask, you know, it's something that I ask when they come to clinic as well is actually how wide can you open your mouth? And uh, we, we do sometimes take some strange little measurements between uh, the, 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 the bottom of the top teeth and the top of the bottom teeth. And would you say that that was usually about, you know, about three and a half centimeters, three to four centimeters that people could normally Absolutely. open? Yeah, absolutely. We usually say if you can get three finger breaths um, into your mouth, that's about normal. And everybody's slightly different. Some people will be able to, to get to open their mouth a little bit wider than that. So, yes, we're always looking for around about 35 millimetres. Yeah. OK, so uh, I suppose the point here is that if you know that that is something that you've noticed, that you have difficulty brushing to your back teeth, that you're having difficulty eating wide food, if we can call that as a, as a burger, um, if uh, if your dentist has commented upon that, that, that opening, then um, maybe you have got tightness. So what is it? What causes that tightness in the jaw? So, um essentially it's to do with muscle weakness in, in our neuromuscular population it's always to do with muscle weakness around around the face some people don't re realize that they have muscle weakness in their facial muscles and it tends to be that they start to find they're slowing down when they're eating a big meal they're taking longer than the rest of the family to finish it or they might find that halfway through the meal their mouth is tired with eating and with chewing yeah. and they want to come back to that meal later. So they find that they're either reducing the size of their meal or they're taking a lot longer to eat their meal. So that's usually one of the first signs that we start to see this weakness. And our jaw, in fact, if you want to have a little feel, I can tell the jaw, the, the TMJ joint is just right in front of your ears. And as you open and close your mouth, you will feel it. You oh yeah, I can do that now. Actually, I can put the the fingers just in there. So TMJ, that's just a posh word temporomandibular for temporomandibular joint. Yeah, temporomandibular joint. Okay, so a posh word for what's going on there. Absolutely. And so, and so that tightness is coming from a muscle weakness, um, and maybe there's a bit of fibrosis happening around yes. the joint. So it's the same. The the jaw joint works in the same way as the joints in the arms and the legs, your elbow, for example, your fingers. And as a muscle condition progresses, many of our um, clients will tell us their fingers are getting tighter or they can't stretch their elbow out the way it used to be. And that's because the muscles are getting weaker, so they're not able to move that joint through its full range. So if it's the elbow taking the hand to the shoulder all the way out to fully extended arm. With the jaw, it's the same. Those muscles may not be able to take the jaw from being fully open to being fully closed. So when you're not moving through that full range of movement, 
the muscle starts to shorten. So it doesn't open as fully. Our brains are always looking for ways to save energy. And if you're not using it, as physios, as you know, well know, Anna, we always say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Absolutely. So if you're not putting your joint, your jaw joint through that full range of movement, the muscles start to shorten. But it's not just related to the muscles, it's also related to um, all of our joints are covered in a synovial membrane, which is like a little um, kind of envelope that covers all of the, the joint. And that synovial membrane releases synovial fluid which is almost like an oil to keep the joints moving freely. I see. Yeah. And that synovial fluid is actually full of nutrition to keep your joint in a very, in very good condition. So if you're not moving, then that um, little envelope doesn't um, have the same elasticity and it becomes more fibrotic. And that fibrous tissue doesn't have the same elastic properties or the same ability to move. And in fact, we think of that fibrous tissue um, if you're, when you're younger and you've fallen and you get a, a scar or a scab on your knee, when you've grazed it, it feels tight. And as it heals, it feels even tighter. Well, that's very much like what's happening inside. It's just not able to move and stretch in the same way. So it changes the way in which we're able to move our joint and also be able to open our mouth and thirdly, we have a tiny little disc in that area as well. Now, you'll all have heard of people with clicky joints. Um, yes. And it can be quite annoying, actually, if you're out for a meal with someone and their jaw is clicking away. Okay, well, so that little disc So you can get a clicking, actually, in your jaw, <laughs> but you can hear that clicking. Can, and that's to do with the disc. You can hear that. Absolutely, that is right. So sometimes um, that little um, clicky, that little um, disc in, in within the joint itself starts to become less spongy. Now that disc is there so that if you're biting down on something hard, it's cushioning the surfaces of the joint. So that little disc can become less gelatinous. It, it doesn't um, work as well to cushion that jaw. So there's a lot, it's a complicated um, joint, the jaw joint. And there's lots of things happening, Anna. So all of that together, really instigated by the muscle weakness, is one of the reasons why we get trismus. Okay. And I think that's really interesting because I think you've almost already um, pointed us in the some direction as to what we can do about it. So we need to exercise our jaws. Now, Marina, you and I, we're really good at exercising our jaws, aren't we? Uh, because we like <laughs> good natter and a chat. Um, and that obviously <laughs> yes, must be some do. form of exercise um, to be talking. <laughs> but of course, not, not all um, talk actually opens your jaw wide does it so well uh, so maybe now's a good time to talk a little bit about what we can do about jaw tightness because there are things that we can do um, and Marina and I certainly have some ideas to suggest to you um, but you know in an ideal world we'd ask you to go and perhaps speak to a, a you know a, a health professional a physiotherapist or a doctor who would who would um, be able to offer you advice but we know not everybody has access to physiotherapy which is one of the reasons for this podcast uh, really so let's talk a little bit about what physiotherapy has to offer first Marina what can we do okay um, and just going back on your point Anna I absolutely agree that we don't all have access to healthcare professionals 
But one of the issues with this is it's such a specialist area um, and not everyone will have heard of it. So even if you do have access to maybe a general physiotherapist in the community, they might never have heard of Trismus. So um, you really do need to, to know of someone who has got experience in a muscle condition. Yeah. So there are a number of different, yeah, there are a number of different professionals. So the physio, first of all, will check to see how wide you can get your mouth open. And we will look at ways of helping to stretch that, um, um, that, that joint and, and the muscle, because as we said, it's muscle tightness, muscle weakness. And with any tightness, we want to stretch. So yes. looking at ways of, of stretching our mouth open. Now, some people can do that with the help of, again, um, you know, putting their hand, their, their elbow on the table or a train on their wheelchair and opening their mouth wide enough to pop their fingers in just to feel how wide their mouth can open. Um, you might also want to use something, a special device to help stretch the mouth. Um, and there are various ones on the market and these devices are called jaw jacks. Now they sound a little bit it intimidating. terrible. A jaw jack <laughs> sounds like something that you're going to pump the car up onto uh, and they sound like they're going to be really uncomfortable. But I think you and I both know that um, they, they don't, they not only sound pretty awful, but they to begin with, they look a little bit awful, don't they? Because they they appear, just as you say, they look a little bit like they are a jack, um, but they are designed actually to be quite gentle, I think um, we, we yes. both agree, despite what they look like. We do. And, um, and once you start using them, I have had, and um, some of my um, patients will tell me they've had really good results. Um, but Anna, it's the same. If you are using it, you have to start off using it daily. You have to stretch yeah. every single day because it's caused by muscle weakness and we're not going to make those muscles stronger. What we can do, though, is stretch out to enable that mouth opening. So using it for about 10 minutes every single day. And once you've gained that additional mouth opening, you can then reduce it to maybe um, two or three, four, maybe times a week. Um, yeah. So you won't always have to use it every day. Yeah. So looking at opening the mouth is the one thing. And then, although I said we can't build muscle, we might want to look at exercises. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I was just going to say about the the jaw jack. They're they're fairly recent on the market because I remember in the in the bad old days, um, I used to suggest to individuals that they'd stack like almost like lollipop sticks up and to see how many they could wedge between their teeth. But the point about the jaw jack is that it uses a, a mold that goes around your teeth, so it distributes the pressure that is then applied either by the individual using the device but also that can be applied by somebody else so if your hand function isn't great then somebody else can apply that pressure to um, uh, to instigate the jaw opening and I think the other um, you know positive point about it is that you actually set the width that it opens so in that respect um, Marina I think you'd agree that, that you, you can avoid a kind of overstretching um, because it has a limit Absolutely. on how wide it goes so the jack is it you, you have control over it so you shouldn't find yourself with this in your mouth and someone you know stretching you too much or putting you in harm's way 
Um, but I agree, I've had very good results with, um, with, with some of my individuals and, um, and we did, we, we were using uh, measurements to check to see if it was um, having a benefit, but this individual, he used it every day and, and at the end of, um, I think it took a, took a couple of months for it to really get there, but after a couple of months, he was then able to get the burger in his mouth. Um, Amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that really made a difference. And, and, and I think the other thing is that he actually just in, he liked using it every day, because a little bit like yawning, there's something quite satisfying about having a good stretch in your jaw, if it's not something that you're able to do um, for yourself. So so he got a lot of benefit from from it. Grant, oh, so really we've, yeah, so we've, so we've talked a little bit about um, the stretching. What else are we so, going to suggest, Marina? So things like um, um, we, unlike you and I, where you're right, we, we do talk a lot. Sometimes, um, particularly people who become a little bit breathless, don't tend to talk as much. So looking at ways of opening their mouth and closing their mouth under their own steam, they might do things like blowing and sucking um, through a straw, moving their jaw from side to side, opening and closing. So looking at ways that you can actively move because like every joint in the body, it's not just one thing. We have to have a, a number of tools in our toolbox. So we're talking about you need some way of stretching the muscles, perhaps using a jaw jack. Um, we've talked about um, some specific exercises and about moving that that joint, um, using that joint a little bit more, and you've made some suggestions there. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, the dentist? So what advice um, yes. you, would you give for people when they interact with their dentist? So one of the, I mean, we know that our dental health is of absolute importance for everybody. And if you're not able to open your mouth as wide, it can make brushing your teeth more difficult and all your dental hygiene, getting into the spaces in between your back teeth can be more challenging. So I think it's a very good idea to, to discuss this further with your dentist who can look at different strategies. So it might be um, a smaller toothbrush or a very specific toothbrush with a longer handle on it that they can supply to get into um, your back teeth. So looking at ways of how you rinse your mouth out and um, that type of thing, looking at different mouthwashes, because we want to make sure that you are really looking after your dental health. So your dentist is a very good person um, to, to discuss this with. Yeah, I think that's really important, Marina. And I know that for um, some uh, individuals where the, the jaw opening has been really problematic, I have suggested that they speak to their dentist or their GP, um, perhaps about using a high fluoride toothpaste so they've got better um, protection from cavities. Um, but oh, that is something that I, yeah, that I suggest that they go and um, speak to their GP or dentist um, about. That's a, that's a really good tip, actually, Anna. Um, the, the other person that I think is a good person to speak to is a speech and language therapist, because again, what we sometimes see is that if the jaw um, is becoming very tight, it can also affect speech and it yes. can affect um, the volume. Um, and I have a, a, a young um, lady who uses um, a 
a microphone when she's out with her friends because sometimes when she's out in a busy place nobody can hear her yeah so she has um, a microphone to help um boost the the sound of her of her speech um so speaking to a speech and language therapist is very important and also a dietitian because sometimes the way that we move the food around our mouth we might have to think about um using um, different techniques in order to help her chewing and swallowing so it's speech and language therapists and dietitians are also very good um, healthcare professionals to get in yes. touch with. Yes. And again, they, you would want someone with a bit, little bit of experience again, which can be difficult to to find. Um, but I think those are really, really good ideas. Do you have any other um, treatments or ways to manage this that that people may find useful? Yeah. Um, in more recent um, years, we've started to look at things like acupuncture and TENS machines. Ah. Now, Anna, we don't know why they work, but again, using it in conjunction with a jaw jack and exercise and stretching seems to give, it seems to boost what you're already doing. Um, now, some physiotherapists, I, I don't myself, um, will actually do acupuncture. Um, so it's useful to be able to um, explain to a therapist that you know if, if it's someone who does do acupuncture that you would quite if you want to try it it would be something that that would be quite a good thing to try but yes. if you don't have a healthcare professional that does that then you can actually buy the TENS machines and you can put the little pads over the TMJ joint um, just to, to kind of um, give you that boost Although these um, acupuncture and TENS machines were originally used to help with pain relief, and we know that it doesn't tend to cause pain, it seems to do other things within the body. I don't know if it's the fact that you're releasing endorphins that somehow yeah. loosen the jaw off. I really don't know, Anna, how it works, yeah. but we've had some very good reports. Okay. I think that's something really interesting to to explore. I think, I think my advice would be, you know, don't, don't just whop it on buy a device whop it on and see what happens i would do that under the um you know guidance of a, of a health professional who who knows a little bit um more about it um but i think it's you know sometimes these things are worth exploring um but I, but i uh, i think that some of the devices that we've talked about earlier about the stretches and the exercises are probably the place to start and then maybe yes. if progress isn't being made you could you know think about exploring some of these um ideas and of course i think in some very severe cases then um you know, referrals are made to the oral and uh, maxillofacial surgeons. Would that be right if if things were really causing difficulties? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've had some of our um, patients going to see the oral maxillofacial um, surgeons and um, they have done x-rays. They check the actual joint out to make sure that it's still um, viable, that it, that, that um, and then they're looking to see whether or not um, if they actually, the same as you can get a TA release, the Achilles tendon release in your ankle, you can yep. get a release done in the jaw. Now that's a bit trickier because we want to still make sure that you would have the strength because you don't want to release and then mouth closure becomes an issue. So um, they will really make sure that it would be someone who would benefit from the surgery. Yep. Um, and it's not for everyone, Anna, but there are people out there who I think it's um, definitely worthwhile exploring. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's that's been really helpful, Marina. In fact, just um, talking to you today, I think I've learned a couple of things um, and I hope that will make me better equipped when I, I meet people in, in clinics um, and on Zoom clinic calls to, to offer a little bit more um, support. And there is a very helpful leaflet. I'm going to advertise your network now, Marina, that the oh, Scottish Muscle <laughs> Network, the Scottish Muscle Network have put together um, and um, with Marina, they have put together um, a, a printable leaflet called Jaw Tightness in Neuromuscular Disorders, um, supporting information leaflet number 14, Marina. Um, and that's done through the Scottish Muscle Network. So if you actually just put that into a search engine, um, you can probably source that document fairly, fairly easily. So, so if we just summarize, uh, I think, I think my summary is, is that it is, it's fairly uncommon. Um, but when I do come across it, I'd say with the right advice and, and daily management, um, you can really make a difference and make that joint better and move better. I think that would be, be my summary. The people who have persisted and have been really um, determined to do their exercises and stretches every day have noticed um, the difference. Would, I agree. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. Okay. It's like any program, it's all to do with consistency and adherence. And if you do it, it will work. Okay, brilliant. Good. Well, I think we should end on that note. Thank you so much, Marina, for your input into this um, podcast. And we certainly hope that you find this helpful. Um, I think we've done enough jaw opening for now, Marina. <laughs> I agree. Thank I agree. you so much, Anna. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye.